Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people discuss big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a wrestler with Oregon State University. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating, and he interns for his pastor. Here is Christian Robertson. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to It's All About Who You Know. Christian here. I'm super excited about today's podcast. So today's podcast is actually my first podcast in person um, with Joey McKenna. Now, uh, I don't really know how much of an intro Joey needs. I don't really think he needs much. But uh, Joey, I mean, multiple to- or three-time All-American in college, twice at Stanford, once at Ohio State, I believe, um, national finalist this year, multiple-time world team member. Uh, I mean, the guy's really done it all. Fargo champ, uh, everything. So Joey and I recently um, just did a mission trip. We went over to Georgia and Azerbaijan. It was like a mission-slash-wrestling trip. So just to put it in context, uh, you'll see a little bit of that, what we're talking about, but just so you guys know, um, what's going on and everything. He, uh, he and I did that for two weeks and, um, we had a good time the last day we decided to do a podcast and, and he said some really good stuff. Uh, we talk about our faith a lot and his faith, uh, more so than mine, but just his journey from Stanford to Ohio state and, you know, how certain guys like Kyle Snyder have been a big, you know, aspect of his faith growth and Tom Ryan and all those guys. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you guys to listen through to the end. Um, you got some good stuff to say. Uh, also, guys, if you haven't yet, go over to my YouTube channel, The Barbell Experience. Check it out. Subscribe. Uh, there should be a bunch of vlogs of our uh, mission trip coming up soon. I'm thinking if it's Monday, I'm thinking... They should probably be up by Friday. That's that's my goal. That's what I want. Uh, not all of them, but I'm going to go day by day. So it'll just be like a daily thing for a few days. And then also, guys, if you could be, please be praying for uh, Joey's heavyweight, their family, uh, the Singletary family. Uh, Chase is the heavyweight, but uh, the whole family, They recent Chase just lost his little brother in a car accident, uh, 18 years old, guys. Um, so just be praying for comfort, be praying for, you know, wisdom and that, um, you know, God really reveals himself in these moments and that they lean on him because, uh, they definitely need it. It's a real sad time. And, um, yeah, I would just encourage you guys to be praying for them. Um, and, you know, be sending your thoughts over there. So, and please get off Twitter and stop saying stuff if that is you. Uh, don't be saying things on Twitter about the family or about the guy, um, the little brother. That's just disgusting. And, uh, you know, leave Twitter for other things. So, but um, without further ado, guys, uh, here's mine and Joey McKenna's podcast. You got it, big dog? I got it. Dude, this is the most awkward thing. Just, I, I don't, well, first of all, it's my first in-person podcast. So thanks, brother. Appreciate it. No problem. Um, dude, what's been the what's been the favorite part or the best part of the trip so far for you? Um, for me today was the best part um, being able to give my testimony at a place like Gory in front of world champ Gino Petrosvili and the guy that actually injured me a few weeks ago. So it was pretty cool to wrestle a guy in my hometown and then come to his hometown and be able to share my face story. Um, even though I wasn't able to wrestle with him again. Gotcha. What's, uh, so everything just, just with the, um, with the trip and everything. Was this your first mission trip? This is my first mission trip. What'd you think, man? Besides, I mean, obviously besides today, but did you, would you expect, was there anything, you know, God showed you? Was there anything God was able to use you in that you didn't know or thought was going to happen? Um... I mean, I had some expectations coming in. I've been dealing with my own decisions and um, things that I've been praying about for a while. So I was hoping to find some answers while I was here. Um, I knew it would be an opportunity for me to be in the Word every day, being led in Bible studies by some people that were stronger in their faith than I am. Um, You know, possibly meet some mentors along the way, which I did in Mr. Peterson. 
Um, you know, I got his number, and I've been texting him daily. He's been sending me some encouraging Bible verses, uh, things that he's thought about, and, you know, just being able to spend time with him in Azerbaijan was really eye-opening and, and inspiring. Um, I could just tell he was a man of strong faith. Uh, he seemed like a walking Bible. He could pop off verses off the top of his head. Dude, I know. I was like, John, what's this verse? He's like, oh, it's you know Galatians, whatever. And I was just like, thanks, John. Yeah, like you could just see that the hand of God was in his life and um, for a long time now. And it's just inspiring to, you know, just continue to repent and grow in my faith and grow closer to God um, and, you know, leave old habits behind and start new and yeah. totally just become that new creation that God offers us. Yeah. Did you have your phone off the whole trip? Uh, I was on airplane mode the whole trip, but, you know, when I was on Wi-Fi, I'd be Snapchatting and going on some social media. And so you didn't go the full people. cold turkey like I did. I get it, bro. It's cool. No, no, I didn't. I usually don't, but um, I do find solace in the fact of coming overseas and, you know, being able to enjoy different countries. And for me, especially on this trip, it was more seeing God's creation um, yeah. in a different light. And, you know, just being able to walk around, hike, just see the different people and not have knowing that I didn't have something waiting on the other line. Maybe when I got back and saw some Snapchats or some texts, but, you know, I wasn't in any hardcore conversations with anybody from home. And, you know, I found a lot of peace in the fact that, um, you know, the, my main source of conversation here was with God or about God. And, um, you know, just offered me a lot of opportunity to think about how I want to change from this trip and how I want to continue to dive into the word every single day um, and grow in my faith. Like I said, Mr. Peterson was so inspiring <laughs> that, you know, he definitely has already pushed me to become a better Christian and, um, you know, live as much like Jesus did as I can. Yeah. No, it was cool being... I thought it was cool because this is the closest I've ever been to where Jesus would have actually walked. So, like, I had some expectations coming in, just like, <clears throat> like, maybe there's, like, almost, like, you know, like, kind of like when you get closer to sunlight, like, you get more exposed to it. I was like, I wonder if there's, like, like that almost, like, like Mike aspect to it. Like, the shoes are, like, closer to Jerusalem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where he's at. I was wondering if, like, that would rub off and I'd be, like, more holy. But uh, I don't think that happened. <laughs> I, was, I was like, if I turn my phone off and, like, go completely solace. Like, but, I don't know. I think there was some a lot of value in the trip in general. And, and just, uh, yeah, it, it was just cool, man. I mean, it was... It was fun to uh, to see the you know the kids. It was tough with the interpreter. I felt like all the interpretation. I feel like with that, like it really forces you to surrender to God, like in a different way. It's like you know we're spreading the gospel, but there's like you have to completely trust God that like this message, like whoever is talking to you, like because we didn't have like professional interpreters, you know, like you know God bless the guys that were interpreting, but they were not like getting hired for presidential interpretation or anything like that. Yeah, um, I totally agree. So, yeah, man, you just hope and pray that uh, what was said really really hits him. And, and it was super cool to see uh, John Peterson when he, uh, when he spoke in Azerbaijan. Come on, dude. What's going on? Uh, when he spoke, letting them, uh, when they let him speak about Jesus in Azerbaijan, I thought was really cool. Yeah, and uh, for the, those of you guys that don't know, Azerbaijan is a very—it's um, kind of a liberal Muslim country, but it's—they uh, don't really. I mean, they'll they'll kick Christians out of the country for talking about their faith. So, yeah, was, and th I think that was one thing that was really interesting to me before the trip, and something I was really looking forward to, um, because I knew that I knew that Azerbaijan was primarily Muslim, so mm -hmm. I was interested to see how we would be received and how um, kind of in what context we were going to be able to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and yeah. I know like when we got here, you know, they kind of told us to prepare our testimonies and 
None of us gave them over in Azerbaijan just based on circumstances. It would have been yeah. tougher, I think, yeah. especially, you know, like you said, with the translators and just, you know, their predominant culture that's already there. Um, yeah. And you kind of, like, within that culture, you have to earn the right to speak, like, very heavily, especially in a Muslim culture. Like, you, being a Christian, like, you're not going to get an opportunity to speak. But John having, like, they idolize Olympic champs. And so John being an Olympic champ really, like... Put his foot in the door for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But no, it was, um, dude. That Azerbaijan man, I was kind of like, I was getting kind of like worried, um, you know, because this is a mission trip. But I was like, man, are we doing enough evangelism? And so I was like, okay, I've been taking my shirt off every day at like practice. So I just was like praying. I was like, God, I pray that uh, like somebody asks about my tattoo. Like I got, I've got First Peter two twenty four on my chest. I was just like intentionally praying that somebody would ask about my tattoo, and uh, as simple as that was. And then I met a guy that actually spoke English on one of their teams, so I was intentionally praying that he would ask about the tattoo. And sure enough, the last day or the second to last day, he asked about it. Like five other guys, and then I translated it in their language. And then the last day, the coach asked about it. And so, like, I don't know, man, like, that's one of those things. It's like you can't do a lot, but, like, you just hope that what you can do, like, makes a difference. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, did you get any response, like, when you did um, share, you know, the verse that you have? Did What was their response? Dude, one of their Greco heavyweights slapped one of the kids that was translating it for me. Like, the guys asked. And, and I don't know what they were saying. I think they were bashing me a little bit because it seemed like one guy was, like, they were all Muslim, like they all talked about. Like one guy was like, "Oh, only one God, Allah," uh, and Muhammad is his prophet. Like one guy said that in English, but the one guy that I handed the verse to that was transcribed in Aziri, he was like, he seemed like, like he was uh, cool with it. Like he he seemed like not like converting right then and there, but like not demonizing it. And and he was talking to them, and they were talking in their like in Aziri or Russian or whatever, and. Uh, and one of the heavyweights like just slapped him in the head at one point. And there's like five guys around like listening to this. And, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I didn't know, I don't know what the context was. I asked him, he wouldn't tell me like what they were saying. And I think the guy was saying something along the lines of like this stupid Christian. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe he was being real nice and was joking, but like, yeah, he slapped him in the head. And, uh, but I told him he could keep it, the, the thing. And, and yeah, the coach that asked, uh, he was the one that called out LaValle that day. Uh, and wrestle with LaValle. That was funny. He just called out LaValle. But he asked and um, and was able. And then the guy standing next to him was like, oh, I speak English. I can translate. So I told him. And he asked what it meant. And I went and grabbed the piece of paper and I handed it to him and they read it. And it was also cool, too, because, you know, in the States, like, you know, you have a tattoo. Like, everybody can read it. And they kind of like. But over there, like, guys don't know what it says. And nobody has tattoos. Like, if you have a tattoo, you've been to prison. So like when people see a tattoo, like, like it's it's not some it's not a common thing. So they like they're asking about it. It was just kind of cool to see like an impulse decision I made two years ago, like manifest itself into somebody hearing the gospel in that way. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that was sweet. It was cool, but um, uh, but yeah, you um, oh dude, the train ride, that was awful. Yeah, we had a. It wasn't actually 13 hours, and it shouldn't have been 13 hours. Apparently, it was only 360 miles, but our train must have hit a top speed of 15 miles per hour. <laughs> it was um, so bad, man. Those ladies were so mean. The ladies were super mean, uh, just yelling in whatever language they were yelling in, telling us to be quiet. But, you know, I think the choo-choo train crew of uh, <laughs> Christian Barbell Robertson, Elijah Eagle Cleary, Scott, Kyle, Obendorfer, and uh, J-Mac, Joey McKenna. I think we made it happen. Um, (laughs) Freedom! (laughs) We definitely had some good conversation on that trip. Got to, you know, that was another piece of the trip that I really enjoyed was, you know, getting to know people that I've met for the first time and, you know, being able to share our faith together and share that um, common love of Jesus Christ and, being able to learn about each other and, you know, hopefully create some lifelong friendships that will continue on. You know, this is 
the first podcast of Barbell and J-Mac, but, uh, you know, hopefully more to come. First of many, man. I mean, you, know. you got to win a world title to get on for a second time, so. <laughs> hey, it's all about who you know. It's, it's all, all about, about who, who you know. know. <laughs> Elijah Cleary is over doing homework in the corner, and he's like, bro, you guys need to shut up. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the trip, the trip overall, honestly, I'm pretty sad that it's coming to an end. Um, I've really enjoyed it over here, and, you know, I, I came for – a different purpose than I initially signed up for the trip for. Um, I mean, not a different purpose, but, you know, f- about five weeks ago, I got injured, so I wasn't able to... I knew I wasn't going to be able to wrestle and train like I wanted to on this trip, <clears throat> but, you know, I still made the call and asked if I could still come along because, um, you know, I just thought it would be beneficial for me to just be in the word every day and continue to grow my relationship with Jesus and, you know, do my first type of missionary work, you know, and in the Bible, God calls us first to be a disciple and then to disciple other people. And, um, you know, I think once you become a Christian, you do become a missionary. And, um, you know, it's just something in the past two years that I've grown with and, you know, I feel way more comfortable sharing my faith now than I did a year ago. And, um, you know, I just know that that love of sharing the word of Jesus Christ is going to continue. And uh, it's really encouraging and inspiring and gives me a lot to look forward to in the midst of, you know, hectic days of life. Yeah. And and we talked about this, um, was it last night maybe, but like, I guarantee somebody asked the question, why would Joey McKinnon be here if he's hurt? And, and the only answer to that is, you know, is this mission that we're on, is, is Jesus. And, and I think, uh, I, I, th- I don't know if the, the guy that hurt you is a Christian, but did you know he's going to be here? I didn't know he was going to be here. I knew that he trained here. Mm. Um, but when I did find out that we were coming to Gory, I was hoping that he would be here so that I could yeah. see him again. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just, I didn't know if or when I was going to share my testimony, um, you know, because we didn't get to do much of that in Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how much all of us would be able to share our personal stories of how we came to Christ. Yeah. And, um, when, when I saw him today, that was you know, funny. I, I got excited, you know, and it was funny. He recognized me immediately and actually wanted to roll again, but, but unfortunately, I mean, I probably could have done a little more than I did, but, yeah. uh, you know, just, wanted, I think it's good to play it safe. Yeah. I wanted to err on the side of being cautious, but, um, you know, it, it was interesting today, especially coming into Georgia. I mean, I had the, um, I knew that Azerbaijan was a Muslim country, but Georgia was a Christian country. But I didn't understand initially that they were a Christian Orthodox, more ritualistic um, yeah. type of Christianity. And did you hear what Steve said about uh, like about them? What they so like remember the bridge we went to the other day? Yeah. So he was saying not that bridge, but a different bridge. I guess uh, like a bunch of Muslims came in. And there was, or Muslims or Arabs, some some cultural group came in, and there was a hundred thousand Georgian Christians captive, and uh, and they said, you know, convert or die, and they killed a hundred thousand people that day, and I guess a lot of people in the Georgian culture, you know, like when you ask somebody like, oh, what's your faith? Or are you Christian? It's like, oh, I grew up, like, or I was raised in, and that's kind of like their cling to faith. It's not personal. I think that's more what uh, what a lot of people in Georgia cling to is like, oh, we, you know, my grandpa was killed in that massacre, you know, something like that. But um, no, I think it was, uh, you know, I, so I, I think there's always a need, but I think that was super beneficial hearing your testimony. But you were saying something and I kind of interrupted. No, um, I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. But just today being able to share like I said earlier, um, with, you know, the type of wrestlers that were in that room is just, you know, awesome and creating some relationships to hopefully come back to Georgia in the future and, you know, continue the mission work that we've put in, you know, um, they've told us on this trip that, 
you know, obviously we came here for a mission trip mm -hmm. and we hope to see the, pl the seed planted and the seeds start to bear some fruit yeah. and really see that transformation. But, you know, that's, that's not the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is that we came, we did what we did and, you know, yeah. we can really only pray and hope that God started to touch their hearts and soften it and, you know, allow them to hear the message that we were giving. Um, but, you know, today was encouraging in the sense that, like, they seemed very receptive and, you know, they seemed like a very nice group of people. Um, you know, Gino Petrashvili is... Did you see, by the way, did you see me put the whooping on him? I did, I did. It was um, bad, yeah, man. You, you were probably like twice the size of him. Dude, he's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah's like, oh my gosh. Bro, he's way smaller than I thought, man. I put my hands on him, he couldn't move. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's just a beast, like, you know, but just a standout guy also, you know, afterwards he wanted to take us to lunch and wanted to, you know, do things for us. Yeah, and we got treated very well today. And, you yeah. know, I would say that today was definitely my favorite day of the trip, not only because I got to share my testimony, but I just think, you know, we got to experience some servitude that was the greatest that we've seen on this trip. And, yeah. you know, it was just you know, inspiring. And it did feel for me, it did feel like God touched the heart of a few people in there. And, um, you know, even after that, seeing the Stalin Museum was incredible in the sense of just so much historical background and, you know, so much crazy things that have happened in this world. Um, it's just breathtaking. You just don't really know what to think, but just kind of soak it in and uh, take it for what it's worth. And then, you know, we got to visit two refugee camps while we were here in Georgia Damn and man. be able to play with kids and, you know, some 20 year olds play soccer, sports that we'd never play. Mark I mean, Nine. Yeah, we're wrestlers, <laughs> come on. I mean, Shout out to Warren Stewart, Mark <laughs> Nine. <laughs> but, you know, either way, I just feel like, you know, we got treated very well and um you know we wanted to treat these people well we treated them how god would treat them with yeah. love and character and you know on the same playing field that we are yeah i feel like we got treated almost too well like i'm still expecting like tomorrow at the airport to get like bombarded by gustavo or something like arrested you know what i mean like i just feel like we didn't take we didn't get enough uh scrutiny for what we were doing i don't know but um no dude that was cool um I, I will know. say I was pretty scared, though, when we pulled up and, you know, the guy's ripping a cig with the AK-47 strapped around his waist. Like, what the heck? Dude, I got, out of the, we? I got out of the car. I was like, oh, shoot, man. Like, we're going to get kidnapped or something. They were telling us. So there's that um, where we were. So I don't know if you heard this, but where we were is, like, Russian occupied. It's not Russia. It's still on the border of Georgia and Russia. But, like, there's, like, a 10-kilometer a gap or something. But, like, the guards there, the Russian guards or, like, people guarding that will, like, drink a bunch of vodka and then kidnap people and bring them over and ask for ransom. And they make money doing that. Yeah, well, luckily that didn't happen. I know. I was like, Rustam was, like, walking up. I was like, bro, Rustam's going to get kidnapped, man. Like, this is not going to be good. Like, that's... That's disgusting. And then we got, so when we got in the car, Rustam was talking to this farmer. I don't know if you, you weren't there. He was talking to this farmer and this farmer comes up to Steve and it's like, he's like, hey baby, you want to drink some vodka and get in the, the plow with me? What? <laughs> this dude's eyes were in the back of his head. He was so drunk. And it was like, baby, you want to get in, baby? <laughs> Yeah, and, and crazy Steve's head and eyes were bugging. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Oh my gosh, man. What was it like when you guys were in the back of the car listening to me and Steve just talk about everything we were talking about? Because Steve and I hogged the conversation in every van ride. Like, there was no, like, the valley would jump in every once in a while because he likes to interrupt. And I would, we would just be like, shut up, Joey. <laughs> we're talking. The men are talking. Yeah, I mean, like, Steve's another standout guy that we got to spend time with and meet on this trip. I mean, he's dedicated his life to Jesus, and, you know, you can see the fruit of that in all that he's done. He's have, He has so many stories. Most of them are pretty funny. Story but, time with Steve coming soon. Yeah, most of them are pretty funny, but, you know, the guy's lived a life, and he's lived a life for Jesus, and it's 
again, inspiring and encouraging, you know, knowing that people do this every day. Yeah. You know, it isn't just a religion to them. It is their life. You know, it yeah. consumes you when you have that relationship and when you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you know, you see, you start to see the fruit of that. And, um, you know, we got to experience firsthand the fruit of that with Steve just telling his stories. And I mean, just this this trip wouldn't have been possible without him. He's made so many relationships along the way that yeah. made everything possible. And he kind of speaks the language that some of these people can speak. Like that's that's a big thing too. No, dude, he was funny, man. It was it was so funny because I met Steve. What I mean, five years ago, my senior year of high school, and I don't remember him being as goofy as he was, but like everything he does, man, is just so like animated and drawn out. <clears throat> it was pretty funny. But um, you, you just made a, a – you said something really cool there, and I, we talked about this last night, but you said uh, he lives the lifestyle. It's not – something about, along the lines of religion. It's not as re- – but, um, but we were talking about this last night, and I think this kind of ties into, you know, what – you know, you're, you're moving – you know, obviously I know the story, but, you know, I'd love for you to tell it again. But you moving from Stanford to OSU – Unbeknownst to you, that became, like, the biggest faith journey of your life, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, You know, I went to Stanford on a limb. I knew it was far from home. I knew, um, you know, I I went there because it was the best academic university in the world. And, you know, I did well my freshman year, came in as a true freshman All-American, took third, first in Stanford's history, Um, got named as a captain my sophomore year. Um, But... You know, as I was there, you know, things just started to kind of wear on me. And I don't really know what those things are. I would say that God was starting to work in my life because I felt this emptiness and I felt this void. And, you know, it's kind of where my testimony starts. And, you know, I struggled with it a lot because I've always been a person that cares a lot about what people think. And, um, you know, when I was thinking about transferring, I had to let go of those things. I had to let go of the thoughts that people had about me and what people would say if I transferred from a place like Stanford. Um, But, you know, throughout the process, you know, I looked at great options in Ohio State, Penn State, and Lehigh. And, um, you know, just when I went to Ohio State, there was just something about it. I felt felt this motivation, this, this deep this deep burning fire in everybody. And, you know, I I don't know that during the recruiting process I could have placed my finger on it, but, you know, that summer after I had committed, it was my birthday and my mom bought me a Bible and she gave it to me on my birthday and told me that I would probably need it when I went to Ohio State. And, you know, I had known that Ohio State's culture was, you know, I knew Tom Ryan was a pretty devout Christian. You know, I'd heard his testimony before and it's, very powerful and I you know I'd been good friends with Kyle Snyder I knew he was strong and growing in his faith and you know even from when I showed up there to now it's it's leaps and bounds and um, you know I went there and the first week I was there I actually went to Athletes in Action the Athletes in Action at Ohio State and you know that's where I started my walk and you know as time grew through conversations with Kyle and Tervell Uh, Nate and just other people I started attending Bible studies and I started feeling this relationship growing I started being filled with joy I started having less anxiety when I wrestled I could go out and compete more freely because everything that I have was a weakness because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and you know that was a prayer that I said before every match and it really allowed me to go out there and compete freely And, um, you know, here I am two years later on a mission trip and sad to leave because I want to continue to do this work. It, it feels so rewarding and it feels, you know, it feels like something I should be doing. And, um, you know, it's been an amazing walk since. And, you know, I grew up Catholic and, you know, I just never truly understood what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what I found at Ohio State. And, you know, through you know, what I learned was no matter the results, wins or losses, it's, it's not about that. It's about 
you know, how I'm progressing through life and how God is helping me through that and the growth that he's given me, the opportunities that he's presented to me. And I truly do think that um, me going to Ohio State was a calling from God. You know, Tom Ryan did call me out of high school Mm -hmm. and I didn't even give him the time of day. And, you know, there I was three years later looking to go there. And, you know, yes, I found a great wrestling program, but, you know, I found my father. And, you know, I I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. People ask me all the time if I regret anything about my decision. And I don't, not one bit. You know, I miss all my friends at Stanford Mm -hmm. and all the relationships I created there. But I found the best relationship in going to Ohio State and being able to, you know, just repent and change my mind on things and thinking and pursuing God as as my priceless, as the one thing that is most important in my life. Um, and yeah, here I am, you know, coming on this trip, knowing I was injured, not being able to do what I originally thought I was going to do. Um, you know, when I didn't make the trials in May, I went to the last chance qualifier. I lost. I took second. And, you know, I have lofty goals in wrestling, but I know that those aren't going to fulfill me. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, when I didn't make the trials, I immediately called up the Athletes in Action people and told them that I was definitely down. They wanted me to come on the trip for a while. and call Rob. I called Rob, yeah. I called Rob Bronson, and I told him that, you know, it's definitely a go. I want to be there. Yeah. Um, And like I said, when I got injured, I called him up, and he was happy to still have me, whether I could wrestle or not. And... You know, I think, like you said, people might ask, why, why would I come if I couldn't even wrestle? I mean, I got on the mat four times in the two weeks we were here, but it's, it's been the most rewarding two weeks of my summer for sure, and, you know, really the most rewarding, I think, all year. Yeah. Do you think there's a way – how do I put Do you think there's a way to compete – at the fullest, because, you know, we've talked about, you know, being, being a Christian, our value is not wrapped up in what we do. It, that's just it. It's what we do. It's not who we are. And, and I see a lot of guys who are very successful are wrapped up in what they do. And I'm wondering, do you think there's a way, and Kyle would probably be, you know, an exception, but there's very few guys that you can and I'm missing some. So if you're a Christian and you're on top of the world, you know, good for you. I'm missing your name. But um, I just want, do you think there's a way to be as competitive as the most competitive athlete you can be and not be as focused on it because it's not, it, your life doesn't depend on it. You know, there's so many guys that are world champs that if you take that world title away are nothing. And not, I'm not saying I think they're nothing. I'm saying they feel like they're nothing. Like their value and their perception, the person they look at in the mirror is a world champ, which is not a bad thing. But I feel like it's it's not as good of a thing as saying I'm a son or daughter of Christ. But I'm wondering, do you think there's any way to look at yourself in the mirror as a son or daughter of Christ and be the most you know, the baddest person in the world, or do you think you have to have that hyper, do you think there's a give and take? Because I've had this conversation with my pastor, and I think there's a way to do it. You know, like you see missionaries and people like getting tortured and being like, you know, joyous. And you see, um, you know, the martyrs of the Bible are able to do this thing and push through, at a, you know, at a supernatural way. I'm wondering, do you think there's a way to compete that way? I do. Um, I, I actually really do. Because I think, I think a lot of it is perspective. Um, you know, the way we're taught to think in this culture is to set, you know, I've heard this on this trip multiple times, but it's to set goals and go out set to achieve them. And, you know, once you achieve them, you're supposed to be fulfilled. And you're not, you never are. You're not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people could tell you they are, but you know, I I never you know I didn't win nationals like I had wanted yeah. but there this what, year when what I your, what was your big goal in high school Fargo Junior Worlds um 
I couldn't even tell you. Um, I mean, I just wanted to win everything, but yeah. that's that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to win everything. Yeah. And, you know, when I took second in the world in 2014 after my senior year, it felt great. But then people stopped talking about it. And yeah. it was just an accolade that I had, which, yeah. you know, yes, is impress- impressive in the wrestling world, but I don't necessarily know. I don't think that that's what God cares about. Yeah. And, you know, at that time I wasn't walking with God yet. So Mm -hmm. I would have just told you, man, it was to make the, it was to go win the junior worlds the next year. Yeah. And then I go and I don't make weight. And then it was, man, I need to be laser focused. I need to go win nationals. Now I need to redeem myself. Everybody's talking poorly about me. And then I didn't go win. I had a great year, great season, but I didn't win nationals. And then, you know, it's just another year of setting a goal. Okay, well, now I can't be a four-time. Now I'll be a three-time. Then I didn't place. And then, you know, I started to make a change. And even after my junior year, after I took third, it was, okay, yes, yeah, set the new goal of being a national champ. But that wasn't what was driving me every day. What was driving me was my pursuit of Christ and how I could become better through him. Mm-hmm. And I think he's offered me that. Yeah. And even after I lost in the national finals, I mean, some, some would say it was a questionable call. The way I see it is I lost. And, but that didn't hold me back. I walked off the mat and, you know, I'm really grateful that somebody was there to capture this moment. But I walked off the mat, went into the back warm-up area and dropped to my knees and just began praying and thanking God for the opportunities that he's given me and thanking him for the growth that I'd had up to this point and the continued relationship that I would have and how I could grow from that. And yeah, I might have been a little sad and it was annoying that everybody that came up to me was like, man, you should have won. And, you know, I was tired of having that conversation. The conversation I wanted to have was, man, you have grown so much and, and we see that. And we know what that's because. And that was really encouraging because when I did go back to Ohio State and I talked to guys like Kyle, he's like, man, I'm so proud of you. Not because of what you did on the wrestling mat, but because of the leaps and bounds that I've seen you take in your faith in the past two years. Yeah. You know, and I think that's our job as Christians. We, We should be different in a way that people notice that we're different. Not different in the sense of being an a-hole or just, you know, being outspoken. It's being a Pharisee chair's almost. Wet, chair's wet. Oh, the chair's wet. My yeah, from my I'm switching bed. chairs in case anybody's <laughs> listening still. Um, but it's not about, like, it's, it's about the growth that we've had. And, you know, that, that is what I want to show people. I want to show people that I continue to grow. And, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe I post more about Christian Christian things now post post more Bible verses because that is becoming and that is right now the center of my life mm-hmm. you know especially being injured five weeks ago it was a good setback in the sense of you know God wants me to become closer to him right now yeah. and that is the way I took it and that's why I'm here on this trip in Azerbaijan in Georgia yeah I mean that's I mean that's really the most important thing because it's the only thing that's going to last what uh, I think Warren said the first day of uh, like Bible, when we had our first Bible study, he was like, you know, a rich guy and a, a poor guy, a guy with a lot of possessions and a guy with no possessions at the end of their life. If all their stuff burns down, like one guy's got a bigger pile of ash, but it's still a pile of ash. Like you're still gone. Um, and I just, you know, obviously, first of all, I think it was a questionable call in the finals. <laughs> And if I had Yanni on here, I would tell him the same thing. But, um, but I think there's ways to glorify God in, in everything, winning and losing. I think it's super cool to see you as gracious as you are. And, you know, my senior year, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder, <clears throat> kind of got senioritis in high school. And, and I wrapped everything up in a state title. You know, I made a lot of improvement. And I really wish... I would have been as content with with my relationship with God, even as I am now. I'm sure five years from now I'll be saying, you know, the same thing about my time now. But 
Um, because, I mean, I let it break me, man. Like, it really hurt. Like, I put, every, you know, I wanted to prove so many people wrong. I wanted to, you know, I wrote goals my, my freshman year that people laughed at. Like, you know, family members, you know, were like, hey, don't say that out loud. And it's just like, and, and so when I finally, I mean, you know, I, I lost state with, by one point And I was devastated, man. And I think had I known what I know now, like, just that relationship with Christ, like, I don't think it would have hit me as hard. I think I would have bounced back. And um, I think I, I think there's just a lot of freedom in it, man, is because, you know, I think you can work just as hard. I think that I, I take that back. I think the Penn State guys, you know, we've had Scott on the trip, and I think, you know, him telling us a little bit about the Penn State guys, those guys are almost almost all of them, you know, first of all, half their team were national champs a couple of years back. and uh, And they all – they all talk about their faith and they all talk about Jesus and, and they all seem to be having a lot of fun. And Scott says practices are fun. And I think they've kind of like figured out a recipe of being able to win, have fun and, and be strong in your faith at the same time. Would, would you agree? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't. You're say an Ohio like, state guy. So yeah. I mean, it's going to be like, no, they suck. I hate them. <laughs> no, I mean, they're really good. I mean, I had, the option to go there, but, um, you know, I, for some reason, I, I truly believe that God was calling me in a different way. Yeah. And, um, no, not bashing Ohio State or anything. Yeah. Just... No, no, I mean, they're really good. And I don't know the guys well enough to say that, but I do believe what Scott says and, you know, more power to him if that totally is the case, because, you know, I think if you're following Christ and you're living your life to glorify him, then, you're on the right path because he, I think his job as our father is to push us to be our best holistic selves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what I feel like I'm finding out more and more as I continue to pray and, you know, grow closer in my relationship to him. I truly feel like he is pushing me to be the best, um, to be the best Christian, but to be the actual best version of Joey McKenna, whatever that may be. And, you know, I don't, I don't know yet. I'm I'm still waiting for him to call me back and answer me. But <laughs> but right. you know that's not how it happens. It's you know it's believing by faith and really trusting in him and trusting that he's guiding me and just getting into the word and feeling that the knowledge and guidance that he has for us and teaching me how to live and be a better person. You yeah. know, the when it's all said and done, I want people to say about me that wow you know Joey McKenna he was one heck of a guy and he was a great follower of Christ yeah you know that that to me is what I want to be defined by now I don't you know if there's one thing that I want people to say about me I want them to notice and know that I follow Jesus yeah um I told you about the book crazy love right Yes, and I need to okay, read it. Okay, you need to. This is everybody's going to hear this. So the whole everybody on podcast. Hold me accountable, people. If yeah, you ever right. See me. Ask me if I've read the book if, Crazy Love. If if anybody listens to this at all, if Joey ends up shouting this out, hold him accountable. Um, no, the uh, the biggest thing I got from that book um, is is Francis Chan. He he asked the question if if heaven. If God wasn't in heaven, would you still want to go? And which I think really like puts in check like where your relationship with him is, you know? And I kind of equate it to like a, like a honeymoon. Like you wouldn't want to go on a honeymoon without your wife. Like, but you wouldn't mind going anywhere with your wife. Like you would go anywhere if your wife was there. You know what I mean? Like, especially your new bride. Like if it's a honeymoon, like it's like, man, I just want to be with you. Uh, uh, from what I've heard, obviously, I don't know anything about that. But um <laughs> Clearly, quit laughing at me, bro. <laughs> Shut up, dog. Uh, you want to jump in here? I'm good. Okay, man. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I think along the lines of what you're saying, too, like, God only wants us to be our best selves, which, first of all, nobody besides Jesus has ever been their best self. Um, but he, I think he truly wants what's best for us. And it talks about that in the book a lot is, you know, and I think this is where Christianity gets a bad rap is, is people, uh, they don't do a good job of expressing how much God wants the best for us because it is hard. I mean, it's like wrestling, you know, wrestling's tough, but 
it's way more rewarding and I feel like better than doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like following, you know, pursuing your dreams and pursuing the things you want to do is I feel way better than, you know, being the, I'm going to bash some frat boys here, but being the frat boy that drinks and parties and has sex all the time. Like that's, I just feel like that, that doesn't really yield a lot of rewards. And if that's your thing, you know, whatever, that's your thing. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like that's, you know, like a good father, what good father doesn't want what's best for his kids, even if that means a little bit of hardship every once in a while. And I feel like that kind of goes along with what you're saying. And, and uh, yeah, I feel like he's just, he's just proud of us and he wants the best for us on this earth, not just, you know, in the next life too. And I feel like Christians don't do a great job of expressing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, one thing I feel like that I've learned you know, is to how to deal with suffering, you know, the suffering that we have to go through in this world and how to grow from it and how to lean on God in those times and thank him for the suffering because it will, it will push us, you know, it will put us in a situation to grow, um, depending on how you're taking it and how you're responding to the situation. And, Trips like this really give you perspective. I mean, we've seen plenty of people out here just, you know, beggars, the, the type of housing that's around here. You know, we are very fortunate to be living in America and have all that we have. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's another reason why I love coming overseas. It's, it puts everything into perspective. It makes you truly be grateful for the things that we have in this life. And um, it's, it's such a good reality check. And, you know, I, I, I love coming overseas for that reason. I, you know, I have a running list on my phone of places I've been mm-hmm. for wrestling, not for wrestling. But every time I just am so thankful to have had the opportunities to visit these places and to really put it back in my mind and put that perspe- perspective there to be thankful. Yeah. I think not enough people in this world are thankful for what they do have. You know, yeah. they always just focus on what they don't and, you know, the hardships that they go through. And, you know, and I'm not putting down any hardships because life is hard. Yeah. And we all go through different struggles. We all have our struggles. We have our issues. And, you know, I think if you approach it with the right mindset and you know, the right belief that that's where you will prosper and that's yeah. where you will grow and just become better. And you just never know what struggle is going to relate to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think there's a lot of ways to interpret this verse, but Jesus, before he, he, get, he ascends to heaven, he says, you know, you will do greater things than me. And uh, obviously we're not going to do greater things than him, but I think he meant more in terms of like the evangelism um, and the relatability aspect, you know, like, cause I think, you know, we can all say like, you know, it, it's taken us all a few steps to get where we are. And had somebody told us where we were going to be when we started, we probably wouldn't have taken that first step. And I think a lot of that is, can be our intercession, like our testimony. Um, you know, we might be able to relate to somebody that, you know, that other people can't, you know, I've had, you know, we got our Bible study, our small group at, uh, at Oregon state and there's people I've invited and, you know, have shut me down or, you know, just not even responded or said, Oh, maybe some other time. And then somebody else in that group will invite them because they're on the same team or be able to cross that boundary, you know? And I think that's the same with, uh, with evangelism in general and just like relatability and, and honestly suffering. Like, I think, uh, obviously, you know, nobody wants to take joy in suffering, but I think, you know, you can take, uh, you know, you can take suffering one of two ways. You can, you know, say, woe is me, or you can say, how can this struggle bring somebody closer to Christ? And how can this struggle relate to somebody that maybe nobody else can, you know? Um, my mom's kind of going through something similar, you know, her, her friend, uh, uh, well, I won't even say that story, but like her, um, her friend, uh, her husband's dying 
of cancer, and I've talked about him on the podcast. And uh, which guys, if you could be, please pray, be praying for uh, Michael Colson and his family. Um, but you know, my mom's there to like comfort his wife and stuff like that. And it's just tough, man. And you just never know, like. And she, you know, she'll be calling me, and I'm just like, hey, you know, God's put you in this situation for a reason, like, you know, because he's, I mean, he's probably, you know, he's probably, it's not looking good, but his whole thing is like, his whole mission right now is to bring as many people to Christ as he can before he dies, which um, I'm going to, I'm going to head down to Cali before, or in the, uh, at the end of the week, and I'm going to probably do a podcast with him too. That's so, awesome, dude. Yeah, but it's just... But like I said, like, you just never know. Like, there could be somebody struggling, going through cancer right now that is denying God. And then he sees a guy that is struggling, going through cancer, who's, you know, praising God. And that might be the, the bridge, you know, to, like, of that gap, you know. You just never know. And, uh, and I think you kind of realize that with testimonies, and especially when people resonate with your testimony, when you can talk to somebody. And, and that's happened to me multiple times is I don't know, like, you know, what my life or you know, certain struggles relates to somebody and God will just put them in my life and they'll just start pouring their heart out. And it's just like, okay, well, I can relate in this way, this way, and this way. Um, and I think it's really hard to do that unless you have a biblical mindset. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. there's no way to look at struggle without a, a biblical mindset and say this was a good thing. I agree. I totally agree. Um, I mean, I guess you can maybe make an argument for other religions, from an atheistic standpoint, there's really not. There's no hope at all. Um, if you're an atheist, I mean, I'm sorry, but you can dispute me on... What the heck is that? There's like a siren going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, nobody wants to enjoy suffering, but I think there's a way to do it that's a godly way that brings provides hope. But um, so you're going you're gonna to wrestle... You're going to wrestle through 2020? Yeah, through 2020, and the plan is through 2024. Um, you know, I, I love wrestling, and I love the opportunities it's given me. Um, but, you know, I think that God hasn't stopped working in that way, and I mm -hmm. think that he's used wrestling, and especially now I feel like wrestling is my platform to share my faith. Mm. And I want to continue that for as long as I have the opportunity, you know, I feel like I have a short window to, you know, I, I still have goals, even though I'm a big follower of Christ, I still have my own goals. Yeah. Um, but you know, God willing, they come, you know, they come to fruition, but you know, if they don't, I want to have done everything I can, you know, I don't think I would look back on you know, say in 2024, if I didn't achieve my goals, I don't think I would look back and say, man, that was a waste of time. Because, you know, if I continue, I feel like if I continue on the track that I am in pursuing God and the relationship that I have with him, um, you know, it's, I don't, like you said, I don't know who I'm going to impact, mm -hmm. you know, even now, you know, Kyle, Kyle talks about it a lot of the time, you know, we don't even understand the impact that we have on some people. Yeah. You know, we really don't. Yeah. And my goal is to impact as many people as I can. Um, you know, I value relationships. And that's why I feel like once it was revealed to me that it was a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel like I was able to connect, you know, somewhat quickly. Maybe quicker than others. Maybe slower than others. I don't know. But... You know, that's, that's the joy in having faith is that it's a process and that every day you, you grow closer. Maybe you fall back. Maybe you grow closer. And I believe that I'm going to continue to grow closer. And, you know, until the day that God stops working in my life, and I would hope that that's my last day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to when I'm reunited with him. 100% will be, my man. Um, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do after wrestling? Do you know? I mean, what's your degree in, by the way? Um, operations management. Gotcha. So I went into the Fisher College of Business at Ohio State. Um, so you're going to be a professional fighter then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely not. Some people want to do that for some reason. I don't know who. Yeah, some people do. How, uh, <laughs> I did hear about 
my guy Barbell. Oh, uh, yeah. Christian Barbell Robertson. It's actually not my middle name. <laughs> or my first name. Anthony Kassar, when we were hanging out, thought that was my first name. We were hanging out all day. We did the podcast, and a month later, we, uh, uh, he was in California, so we hung out, uh, went to church, and he just starts busting out laughing on the way to church. I'm like, bro, what are you laughing about? He's like, I thought your name was Barbell. I had to look it up. I was like, bro, we've been hanging out for like 12 hours. <laughs> you literally just stole my clothes from my house. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely don't want to fight, but, you know, I I think it's awesome. And, you know, from hearing you talk about it, like, I, I am curious as to how you, you know, from your little story that you told, yeah. you just kind of figured it was your path. Like, how did that kind of come to be? Yeah, so I was always, uh, I was always really timid. Like I was, like I was always scared. Of, I'd say I was scared of getting in trouble as a kid, um, you know, because there was opportunity, and I just, you know, I walked away. Which I, I think there's value in walking away. Uh, I, I was telling some of the guys now, like all you got to do is say my name, and it's, it's probably, you know, like I'm not, I'm not shy about. It. I'm not, I don't get mad. Uh, I'm just not scared of it. Um, so I say a big degree. I was just really, I think I was a little scared of authority and getting any repercussions for it. Um, never wanted to do it. I would watch fights every once in a while, but never, uh, never really saw myself. I was like, man, how do these guys just go out, go out and bang like every day in the room? Like that doesn't even make sense. And then, uh, one day my sophomore year of college, I just woke up with like this desire to punch people in the face and I didn't care if they hit me. I'd been in a few fights. Um, but they were always like after somebody else hit me first, uh, you know, it really took a lot to get me to fight. And then one day I was just like, dude, if somebody looks at me wrong, like it's going to be a bad day. And uh, that actually ended up happening <laughs> with one of my teammates. <laughs> he said something I didn't like, and I was like, all right, let's go do this. And, uh, and that kind of started it. And then six months later, you know, this was in Oklahoma. Six months later, you know, I'm sparring with, uh, you know, I, I met Mark Munoz, and he brought me into the MMA gym he's got down in Huntington Beach. And six months later, I'm like, not even six months later, like, two or three months later, I'm sparring with UFC champions and like the people I'm working out with in the room, I'm like, hey, like, are you a professional? They're like, oh, I'm like six and oh in the UFC. Like, just like, you know, or like I'm, I'll be like, I was sparring with Kelvin Gastelum one day, I had no idea who he was. And he's like, hey, I'm wrestling, or I'm fighting a wrestler. Like, you know, will you come work out with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, what's your name? He's like, Kelvin. I'm like, who are you fighting? He's like, Chris Weidman. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Like, I'm, I'm the Chris Weidman for your training camp. Like, are you kidding? So it's, uh, um, so I don't know, like, it's kind of weird to say I felt called to fight, like, like I felt the calling, but, uh, I can't, I can't think of any other way to put it, man. Like it was a complete night and day shift from not ever wanting to see a glove to not ever wanting to put a glove down and then literally getting in the room and throwing hands with some of the best guys in the world. The guy, my first sparring partner ever, or one of my first, the guy they brought me in to wrestle with was the former heavyweight champ at the time and was ranked third in the world at the time. And I'm literally like getting punched and punching this guy in the face. Like, it's just like, just crazy stuff. And I've been very fortunate. Like when I moved, I thought I was gonna train down there, but then I moved up to Oregon and found out that Chael Sonnen was like friends with people. And he was at the time, like still is, but uh, like I was big into chess. Like I was watching all his videos. Like this is when I lived in Oklahoma and I'm watching all his videos, like, you know, kind of, you know, doing some of his mannerisms like around the house and like with other people and stuff. And, uh, and then I find out like one of my best friends on the team, like is friends with them. And, and I'm just like, okay, well I got to meet him. Like he's my favorite athlete. And, and then I, uh, I get a chance to meet him and he invites me to come train with him. And now he's like a training partner and a friend and I'm more, it's just like to say it wasn't a calling and like all the things like going into place the way they did would be pretty hard to do, you know, like not too many people ever get a chance to meet their favorite athlete, let alone befriend that person and have them as a mentor in their life. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so like, even though Chael and I, he took his career a different direction than I probably will, as far as the trash talking goes, uh, it's just such a blessing, man. And, And all those guys up there have been a real blessing on my life. And it's super cool to see, you know, if this is something I'm going to do, which I, I, you know, I got 
two more terms of college and that's the plan, uh, I'm definitely in the right place and, and I've definitely been facilitated in that really well. So, do you have any ideas on whether you're going to stay being a world champ? Yeah, I think I think that's probably going to happen unless Petrovilli decides he wants to get it. That guy is he, he shook my hand. Usually, I'm the guy that shakes people's hands, and people are like, "Dude, you have huge hands." I shook his hand. I was like, "Please get this bear away from me, like <laughs> Chewbacca, go go away, dude." What were you saying though? Yeah, uh, do you plan on staying in Oregon, kind of training out of where uh, Chael trains, or? Going down Huntington Beach, uh, Mark Munoz's club. No, um, I'm going to train in Oregon. Uh, I really like uh, the mentorship that Chael has had on my life, um, and I like the guys up there. It's a big, it's a young crew, and uh, and I really want to see. First of all, Oregon is a very liberal state, and a, a lot of people are far from God. So I really feel like not only was I called to fighting in that regard, but I think I was called there too, especially Oregon State. Um, and I think, you know, I think God's using me there. And uh, it's really been a blessing. You know, we've talked about the fighting and stuff, but certain other aspects of things, you know, coming to fruition within faith and within, you know, my life and, and seeing things happen in other people's lives. I really think I'm placed there for a reason and some things are kind of aligning that look like uh, Oregon's going to be the place for me for a little bit. So I like it out there, man. Um, the coach actually contacted me, the coach of our uh, ATT, or, yeah, ATT. Uh, I think that's, yeah, it was Gracie Baja, and then they switched to ATT. So uh, the coach actually, we were talking back and forth, kind of get, trying to get a road, like I'm going to sit down with him and get a road map down for all this, but he um, he wants to speak to our team and, like, try to, like, bridge that gap, like, to kind of, you know, put it out there like, hey, this is an option for you guys. And like, there's outlets and opportunities because they let me train for free. Like they let me come in and work out every day I want for free because I'm a college wrestler and I don't have any money, which is another blessing. Like I should be paying 200 a month and they let me come in for free. So that's super cool. Um, and I think he's trying to, the coach wants, or the, the owner of the gym, sorry, wants to come talk to our guys and bridge that gap like Oregon has a real rich history of of really tough fighters you know Matt Lindland Dan Henderson mm. Chael uh Randy Couture uh Evan Tanner I mean there's been champ after champ and um and I kind of want to see that continue so so I'm probably gonna stay out there yeah I mean it sounds like a great place to be honestly dude it's fun man it's so beautiful the only thing yeah it's just there's a there's a cultural cultural thing out there going on but uh it's fun man i i really find that having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people that don't agree with you is of extreme value because the macho-ness kind of drops most people can be themselves and actually have an intellectual dialogue but when there's two or more people it really becomes it becomes tough so uh so that's kind of a barrier there but yeah other than that man it's it's pretty cool. There's, I'm already looking at some churches up in Portland that I'm going to try to get plugged into and pretty soon, you know, start looking at some houses. That's awesome. So you're going to stay, uh, you know where you're going? You're going to break that news? Come on, man. Break. <laughs> tell me where, please. I don't know at this point. Oh, Joey. Um, you know, praying to God, man, just trying to see where he wants me to be and, you know, where I'm going to be able to pursue him and spread his message the most. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we had some good conversation last night about that. Yeah. And, you know, definitely on my mind on kind of how he's going to use me to, you know, get in touch with people and create those relationships. And like I said, you know, I want to use wrestling as that platform. Yeah. Um, you know, wrestling has offered me so many opportunities up to date and um, you know now with God in my life I feel like the opportunities are even greater yeah yeah that's awesome man Joey it's been a pleasure man this trip has been fun I'm sure the traveling is going to be even more fun <laughs> how many hours is it for you it's like 30 for me 22 22 yeah this is going to suck man I'm, I'm already sweating in the clothes I put on for the whole 30 hours this is going to be horrible I'm taking a fresh shower at 2am right before we leave are you? oh, oh. Yeah. oh yeah that's good man dude thank you so much for doing this man 
I really appreciate it. No, it's been thank a fun you. trip. It it would uh if you would have told me four months ago, hey Christian, like you'll be doing a podcast with Joey McKenna in uh, Georgia, I'm like shut the hell up. What are you talking <laughs> about? So it was fun, man. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you sticking through to the end. I appreciate you listening. I hope uh, Joey and myself had some good things to say, maybe some things that impacted your life. I hope you were able to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I think um, that was, I think that was a good podcast. Uh, I felt, uh, I don't know, I, I'm really critical of myself. So, I don't know, give me some feedback. Uh, my Instagram's at Barbara Robertson. If, uh, if you guys like it, if you didn't like it, let me know and let me know what I can fix. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take these, I'll take these things to heart and I'll, I'll see if I can make some changes for the better. Uh, so, I appreciate it. Please, uh, please reach out. Please let me know. Again, if you haven't yet, go subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Barbell Experience. Uh, if you know somebody that would want to be a guest or you want to get me in touch with somebody, you want to hear somebody talk about their faith or, or what have you. It doesn't have to be about their faith, but you know anything in general we talk about. But um, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. And then also, guys, please be praying for the Singletary family. Um, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a tragic deal and they definitely need prayers. So... But um, I think that's it, guys. I think uh, I think we're done here.